Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Good morning. You are listening to something that you ought to slow down for. <laughs> the Mystery of Parenthood. I am uh, Trey. That's Thaddeus Romanski over there on the board. And uh, this would be my wife. Stephanie. Good howdy, morning. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> good morning. And we will start with our prayer from St. John Paul II for the family. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God. From you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth, pray, pray for, for us. us. St. John Paul II, pray, pray for us. us. May the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Yes, welcome to the mystery of parenthood. You've joined Trey and Stephanie Cashin and Thaddeus in the house, and I think today we are... Continuing our conversation about not letting our... Uh... Never letting our kids fail, is that what it is? Is that what we talked about, <laughs> how you should never let your children fail? <laughs> <laughs> Always rest your children. I'm failing in that. Always let your children. Always let your children. Always rescue your children. Uh, I guess I missed the, the, the precursor to this with uh, being in Louisiana with my mom last week. And, and your, how is your mom? She's, um, she's in rehab, and we're praying that we can get her back to independence. And Okay. Yeah, thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. She's appreciates all your prayers. She's rubbed some rosary beads raw, I think, the last <laughs> few weeks, sweet lady. That sucking sound of the perk door. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, she got a dose of her own medicine. She goes, yeah. why did I used to always tell y'all when y'all were going through hard times? I was like, oh, yeah, Mom, offer it up. <laughs> Payback's you got her. a lot to Heck offer. Is <laughs> Sweet, hey, now, you, now you need to live it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but anyway, we we did we did talk about um, about allowing your children to fail, or at least giving them the opportunity to fail, and the and the blessings that that can be, albeit sometimes so charged emotionally. Um, but but that to rescue them or to always help them or you know help them avoid any repercussions for something that they may have done or just, you know, trying to orchestrate, you know, if they try out for a team, making sure that they make it or anything like that. I mean, it's good for them to fail because life is going to have its fair share of failures. Yeah, I mean, Life won't clean up their messes later on. <laughs> but, um, but I think, I think part of what I, Thaddeus had, had um, sent was this idea of trying to connecting it, connect it with, um, God's relationship with humanity, and and the reason I like that 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 idea is it kind of that that is that has been a thread that's run through hopefully the majority of our shows with regard to the mystery of parenthood. In that, what happens in the family and marriage parenting is is by design. Um going to be if 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 attempted to do well and with the eyes of faith to see it and with grace it is going to be something that God uses to help teach us about his relationship with us in other words as a sacrament it's meant to be an outward sign of 
similar things in the unseen world or even that, that that gives us experience. And we've talked about that before, like, you know, that, that just in parenting our and taking seriously, you know, parenting our children, correcting them, pointing them out that how frequently when we, <laughs> when we deliver that message, if we're open and have faith and, and hear it, that oftentimes the very thing that we're telling our child, you can almost hear the Holy Spirit telling us. So there's always this, there's this link between the spiritual and just the very practical, hey, you need to make your bed or you need to do this or you need to not go do that. That that is that in some way is a way that God communicates his relationship with us, both positively and negatively. Um, I think the, the, the more I've grown up as a dad and the reality that God calls himself father and I, and I think of how much I love my children and helps me recognize when I think, okay, God's sharing his name with me, sharing f- his fatherhood in a sense, that, that title with me. If, if I love my kids like I love them, <laughs> he's infinitely beyond that, which really when you have time to contemplate that is is amazing That's but that link but that mm-hmm. but linking god's relationship with me individually and god's relationship with man in general um would naturally be reflected in and through the relationship in a family i think that was that kind of what you were th- yeah to a certain extent <clears throat> I, th- I think uh, it just occurred to me when i got home last week that uh, Indeed, because God is our Father, and we we see ourselves in this family of um, of God, that maybe there's something profitable for us to ponder here on maybe episodes in the Bible, maybe right. episodes in the the New Testament that this same principle comes through that uh, God the Father allows failure, or there even even that there's something central and necessary to failing or if you want to tweak it a little bit maybe not failing but at least trials suffering difficulty um so gosh i think i I wanted i found a i found a really nice quote from from a saint from um saint anthony mary claret yeah um and he was a a Spanish bishop, and I believe he was sent to Cuba for a time to uh, kind of whip things into shape in the... Patron Saint of Cigars? <laughs> in, uh, oh. so I guess, Catholic hey, hey, maybe we'll get to... God, bless, God willing, we'll get to ask him that on the other side, right? Uh, right, right. Right? Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Uh, um, yeah, I think in the either the 18th century or the 19th century... But he says, yeah, sent, uh, sent to Santiago, Cuba. Uh, he had been the chaplain to the Queen of Spain. Uh, he died in 1870. So he's a 19th century saint, not, you know, pretty recent saint, considering the, uh, in Catholic time. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but he said, quote, place a nail on a board. Will it ever go through the wood on its own, no matter how sharp it is? No, indeed. You will only sink it into the board by hitting it with a hammer. We are just the same. It is only by hammer blows that God manages to humble us, no matter how good our native dispositions might be. So he's saying, he's saying, you could be the best, most saintly person on earth, and you're going to get some hammer blows (laughs) because you're still you still need to be humbled. You still, something from outside of you needs to come and um, orient you to God's will or make you go in the direction that God wants you to go, which is down into that wood. (laughs) Right. Right. And we can see that in God's son uh, in, in a sense, not that he was, he wasn't resistant to that, but God, the son and Mary, both went through suffering and 
on Good Friday, it looked like Jesus failed. Yep, it did. I mean, the, the it was the ultimate suffering because I mean it was a physical death. It's human human nature being put to death, um, but it was also a rotten culmination of like this guy's a complete failure as what he's done. Like he set out to start this new thing and now he's dead and where is everybody? They all run off. You know, all they got here is his mother. Well, where's she, where else is she going to be? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mm-hmm. the, the mentality that many people would say, making fun of him, mocking him. Right. It looked like the ultimate in, in that, but then the greatest good comes out of it. And that's the, that's the, that is the, I think the essence, and like you said, like your mother was saying, stuff, you know, about offering up, it, it comes from that understanding that that there is something meaningful about whatever pain and suffering I'm going through. There's nothing that's not meaningful. It only becomes not meaningful, not because it isn't or doesn't have the capacity to be, but because we don't recognize it and don't offer it um, together with what happened on the cross. That's that is the, you know, the trick <laughs> of being Catholic. The punchability of a Catholic is exactly found in in the fact that when we get punched and the pain that that that's inflicted upon us, that there is value in that because it's sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Colossians one twenty four. Every Catholic should know it. Everybody who says, and I'm listening to the whole statement before you start calling. <laughs> But every Catholic should understand that there is something lacking in what Christ accomplished on the cross. Do not hang up on that one. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Keep going. Because 124, it says, now, this is St. Paul talking, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. I, comp- I St. Paul, complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. What the church says is there's nothing lacking in what he did. He, he, there, an infinite amount of graces opened up because of what Christ accomplished. There's nothing lacking except for the fact that part of the plan was, I'm going to let you share in this. That, so what's lacking is our response to that sharing. Not because... We're adding anything to it, but because we are participating in, because that's by God's plan and design. So hear me carefully. What Jesus did was a perfect sacrifice, and it gained for us a resurrection. And there is nothing that we are adding to it, but we are asked to participate in it. We are asked to make up for what is lacking because we are part of his body. And so it's by his plan and by his design that we are meant to offer it up. So when we fail, when we suffer, um, we need to recognize it in what looked like the ultimate failure, <laughs> a, a leader of people who's, who's all of his disciples, everybody left, and he's getting taunted as he's dying on a cross ultimate looks like ultimate failure to unite our failures, to unite our, and know that when we unite ours with his perfect one, that we can count on what comes out the other end because of his perfect suffering and his perfectly aligning himself with his father's will. Resurrection Sunday comes. It's not Friday's not the last word that that suffering's not the last word. So there's great hope. It's not like just an abandonment to, oh, well, that's just what it means to be Catholic. I just get punched. You know, there, No, it's the meaning and the fact that we can count on Resurrection Sunday for every Good Friday we experience. That, that, that happens in everyday life, not just on Good Friday. That is part of the truth about being the hope of being a Catholic Christian. And, and so... No suffering, nothing bad that happens to us is the last word. That's good news. It is. I think it's one of the hardest things to to convey to your children because it's such a it's it's I mean, it's a mystery. <laughs> and it's with true eyes of faith 
that you believe that, you know, yeah. that that when you offer this up, that when you say, I endure this for the sake of the body of Christ, and I know, Lord, that you're going to do something fabulous with it, you know? Um, and I may not, and I may know? not even experience it. Yeah. But but yeah. I do think I do think that that is that is such an important aspect Absolutely. of allowing your children to fail is for them to learn that truth that mm-hmm. that that in and through their failures are opportunities to unite with what looked like the ultimate failure, trusting that Resurrection Sunday is coming beyond that mm-hmm. that there is hope, and in uniting those together, um, are critical to to later in life when things happen and if you're not learning that as a child unfortunately you're going to learn you're well you're going to learn that life isn't always full of fun and that 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 bad things do happen in fact they happen to good people sometimes maybe even frequently um and and that there's beauty in what the church what jesus gives us that we colossians 124 Catholics should know that one. Now I rejoice in my sufferings, for I make up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ or in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. I can do something with Jesus for the sake of his body, the church, in and through my own sufferings, in and through my own failures, in and through my own pain. Yeah, and on this on this St. Valentine's Day that we're recording on, yeah. um, I also am inclined to believe that we human beings with our concupiscence and with our free will, we can't learn to love without failure and without suffering and without perseverance because St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, love is patient. That's one of the attributes of love. Love bears all things. It endures all things. Um, it does not brood over injury. There's a lot of attributes of love there that require failure, suffering, trials, perseverance to be a part of the human condition. And without those things, you don't you don't learn what it what it is. You don't you don't get a chance to um, act in love. You don't get a chance to sacrifice yourself for someone else for someone else's good if there's not the reality of failure suffering trials the need for perseverance all those things are essential to being able to to being able to love yeah Mm -hmm. and i don't and and of course you're the only one that could speak to this one (laughs) of the people here but childbearing oh i have lots of opinions on childbearing (laughs) But 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 one of the things you know, Saint they Paul just might ta- not be accurate. They, I, I think it's Saint Paul that, that <laughs> or talks, worth anything. It talks. Yeah, or you better be careful at least, <laughs> like you know what that's like. But 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 my point is on. on I think it's Saint Paul that, that likens it. You know, for the sake of the joy that's to come, you know, a mother bears that pain. And I find it interesting that at the at the very beginning, when God gives gives a gives the freedom to the to Adam and Eve to make a wrong decision that part of his answer to that is this to to Mary is let me see I will greatly multiply your pain in childbearing in pain you shall bring forth children and that that link between love and and recognition that there must be pain before there's joy. It actually points to heaven, in a sense. That you know, part of part of where we are and where we find ourselves, and why we have to go through things is if if everything worked out perfectly like we wanted, and, and if we tried hard enough, and everything turned out, then we might think this is heaven. You know, it's mm-hmm. a it's a reminder that hey, this isn't heaven, but it also isn't hell. It's how we respond to what we hear, you know, what we experience here, and the bearing of it patiently in union with what Christ has given us, that life comes from that. And I and I think that that's something to chew on. That you know, God at the very beginning, 
it's not like, oh, I'm punishing you. I think it's pointing to something that's true. Sin causes pain, but pain is not the last thing. Pain is something that we go through to experience the joy. Because while I know that there are plenty of moms that I've talked to that have no desire to go through child the, the, the pains of childbirth, when the child comes on the other end, there is joy that overcomes all that. Mm-hmm. I, and you might speak Absolutely. to that, but I mean, because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it, it, I mean, I, it's kind of the same mystery as, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, yeah, like we really keep doing it over and over again. But that that joy... And relief of, you know, a healthy child, I mean, everything else just goes away. It just, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it like really goes dissipates. Away. So yeah. I think there's something about that, maybe. I'm well, just for me, I, I, I guess I need to be careful. I know there's some maybe not, who maybe not, but I really but, struggle with some, you know. But in, but in but, scripture, yeah. they do point, he does point to that for the, I think it's even in Hebrews where it talks about, I think it is, but don't quote me on that. But, but I do know that it's pointed to <laughs> as being that for the sake of, the joy that's on the other side, a mother will go through the pain of child. Well, I think that even from the very beginning, God's pointing to for the sake of the other side, you know, mm-hmm. the, the mother's childbirth is kind of um, a outward sign in a sense of what Jesus as does for the church mm-hmm. does for the, for the church is he, goes through the pain that life may come from from it you know that he mm-hmm. goes but through I mean, the suffering but when you think about when you think about any tough time that you've ever gone through or most tough times that you've gone through the pains of going through that there is usually on the other side some beauty and joy in the growth that mm-hmm. you experience from mm-hmm that pain and suffering, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. and it, um, it, it, So truly the pains of growth. <laughs> I mean, well, you I, know. I kind of remember, this is a this is a little bit of an aside, but I think it kind of speaks to this and what your thoughts are. We used to give talks on communication to to uh, to college students. And, and early on in our marriage, you know, we had all these great stories about the, you know, that, that all callers need to point the same direction in a... <laughs> thing and and uh, in a closet. in a closet to make you know your wife happy and that the little green tags that are on your shirts they belong in the trash not on the dresser and you know all these little things and I remember working on this talk with Stephanie going this is all kind of silly stuff I mean yeah it makes a good point but then we kind of went through and we and what we said was is does, isn't it great that God allows us those small opportunities to cooperate and work together that aren't that we can look at and go that's small so that we can kind of practice when the big stuff comes that we've already gone through it and i think allowing your children particularly at younger ages to experience small failures while we're watching i mean and and making sure that we're not allowing them to go through is kind of like that letting them experience small suffering, small pains, to be able to work them through, because at some point in their life, God only knows when, they're going to have a major one. And if they have never practiced it, if you never, again, this is part of being purposeful, I think. Mm -hmm. Here's an opportunity. You know, you're not like, oh, I'm glad my kid's going to fail. I mean, you're you're sad. (laughs) you, You want to reach out there and do it, but then you have to like say, okay, this is one I can let them experience for the sake for the sake of what happens in the future for their future wife for their future so husband I, I was i was telling the guys that i was googling some stuff for the show and you know just in kind of creepy apple fashion <laughs> <laughs> what what article like pops up on my phone is let your children fail from focus on the family by an article by chris ingram chip. and i'm oh, chip sorry what did i say chris sorry yeah. chip ingram and uh and, and right here, he just says, if I can quote, the importance of failure is letting children face the consequences of their choices shouldn't begin with something significant. So in other words, protecting them until there's some huge like 
career or college or marriage choices looming ahead, you know, you want to start much earlier. Um, And, and he said, you know, when, when my wife and I were young, younger and our kids were younger, we had to control that impulse to fix their problems, but learning cause and effect through success and failure is a part of a necessary maturing process and intervening can interrupt that process Kids cannot become responsible adults without failing sometimes. And, and so, so I think that's one aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But another thing that I think people forget is sometimes bad things happen even when you do everything right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important for them to learn that too. Because sometimes I think there's a temptation. You can look at something and say, well, they're making a bad choice. And the, 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 the consequence that they're going to feel I can live with. And so let's let them do that. And there's... I think he's dead on accurate. But I think as parents, we're even more tempted to jump in when we might be able to see something that is really not their fault. They did they did everything right. Because guess what? In life, something you can do everything right and still experience pain. There is such thing as innocent suffering. I, I think that when that happens, we don't rescue them either, other than to come in and at some point, you know, love them first, be there for them. But also, I think you have to point them at some point when they can to the cross and say, there was no one more innocent than him. <laughs> there, there, he deserved not a scratch mm-hmm. for, for, for his life. And so point to that and then say, okay, for with him, then join this suffering. Because I think sometimes we can think that the bad things that happen to us are simply and solely a consequence of our actions and choices. And sometimes, yeah, they're, right. sometimes they're not. You know, a corollary to that or another way of looking at that in the case of our Lord is... <clears throat> Bad things are going to happen when you do things right, because you do things right. Because what he could have done is he could have betrayed the truth. He could have moderated his teaching on the Eucharist. He could have not. He could have said, "Actually, you know, when I said that thing about I am who that's I was not. That's not what I meant. I'm actually not God. (laughs) You know. And sure, you can have the bill of divorce. And go ahead and stone that chick. She deserves it. You know all that stuff. That's a great point. So that's he didn't do that. He was faithful to the truth. He let the truth guide him. Yeah. He didn't deviate from it. So and what th- did that result in? Suffering, pain, death. And so that's that's a third. And so I can think of a time with, with our own child, um, with with it always seems like Madison, but <laughs> but 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 um but I can think of a time when when she was in dance and 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 they were doing their recitals. And there was a dance that was from Les Miserables, and <laughs> and it and it had a lot line in there derogatory towards the Pope, and they were they were the kids were going to do this, and and it was going to be a funny thing, and we listened to it, and we listened to it with her, and while we could have just said we're not going to, we listened, we showed it to her. She was probably ten, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And listened to it and said, what do you think about that? And she said, I think that's wrong. You know, and I said, so what do you think we're going to do? So we included her in that. And she said, well, unless she changes it, then I think I should sit out. So we went with her at 10 years old. Now, sometimes, again, we could foresee something that she'd been working on, something that was going to be a good thing, all of a sudden becoming a bad thing. And there's lots of different things we could have done to protect her. We could have just gone in and made the decision for her, and but then she wouldn't have experienced what it was like to actually make a hard call when the outcome of that call could be something bad happening to me. And the good news was is that while they kind of initially were like, y'all are overreacting, um, you know, we had to walk them through like, well, if we said that about your mother, like if we plucked your mom's name in there and would, would you be okay with that? 
handling. Well, no, that'd be kind of rude. I said, okay, there you go. <laughs> so we helped her with it, but but you're right. That's a third asset. So sometimes it happens passively. I don't do anything. I mean, I could get on a plane and die in a plane crash, right? I mean, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm doing. I mean, I it just it happened. Or I could walk in the wrong place. I could have been in the you know in the middle of a terrorist attack. I didn't do anything that caused that to happen. But you're right. There are times when you can actually foresee if I do this, <laughs> there are going to be ramifications that it, doing the right thing are actually going to cause me pain. And that's where I think it's really important to share stories of that because we're the, the church is replete with saints who in the name of doing the right thing end up dead or end up, tortured or end up whatever i mean i'm thinking thomas more but saint john fisher but there's hundreds thousands i mean god only knows how many who who would not deny jesus or would not you know succumb to hey you know it doesn't really matter just like you said stuck with the truth knowing that sticking with the truth would maybe even necessarily lead to pain and suffering and loss so I, I think that's, I hadn't even thought about that one, but that, that's so maybe a third way. Yes. No, yes. no, no, it's awesome. Man. Well, I didn't mean that that way. Like, I mean, but that, but that, but that's, that's why we're all here together. I'm sure there's probably some other ways that people can think of out there, but I mean, that's the way you've got to think through is that those little opportunities when they're younger are exactly the moments that are meant to give you the opportunity to teach them in a small window so that when the big thing comes along, just like with the little communication things that we had to learn how to do, that when the big things came along, we were better at it because we had practiced it. But that only comes with actually being purposeful. It only comes with actually thinking through, hey, I need to do this. As a matter of fact, I went to, uh, I got this from Father Charlie Banks right. last week. St. Jerome, we admire the creator, not only as the framer of heaven and earth, of sun and ocean and elephants, but also as the maker of tiny creatures, ants and worms. Okay. <laughs> and in all of them, big and small, we, refer we reverence the same skill. So too, the person who is dedicated to Christ is equally earnest in small things as in great. Mm. That's exactly what you just said. Right. And, and, and Jesus even says, I mean, that to, to be entrusted with the larger things, the way that God even does it is... He says, I, if, I, if, if you're trustworthy in the small things, you'll be trustworthy in the big things. Mm -hmm. It's not like, okay, you can be, and then, okay, when I get to this, it'll be better. You, it's like anything else. You practice. You don't start off in the NFL. You start off in peewee football. You know, there's little bitty growth that gets you there. You don't start off, you know, facing Roger Clemens or Nolan Ryan or whoever the fast pitcher now is. <laughs> but you, you start off with a T-ball, with a T, and then a machine that's you know scaled down to 30 miles an hour or whatever, and you work your way up until you can do it. I mean, everything about natural life points us to the fact that we have to learn as we go, and we have to be allowed to experience failure as we go, but we learn. And if we see as parents that those are the opportunities. And if we get in the way or remove them from a situation when they could experience that, it's a short-term protection that actually is missing an opportunity to prepare them for. I, I mean, we've always said, I think my mom used to always say, you know, I'm, I'm, I, a lot of what I'm doing is for your wife, <laughs> you know, when I was younger. And I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you this. So that I can look your wife in the eyes and go, "Hey, I tried. You know, I've been working on this. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, uh, she did good. You know, Mama so, tried. Literally, Mama tried. Mama tried. But but I mean, you got to think about. She so even awesome. Mom's perspective was, as all parents, I think, is I'm I'm preparing you for something out there. And while you maybe can't see beyond that third strike called, I'm saying, okay, that third strike is a necessary step that if I can use it, I can teach you, hey, you, you got to go up next time mm -hmm. or you get hit by a pitch. 
You you have to get back in there. Mm-hmm. Or like my dad when I was ten and went to Jaws. And the very next day went to South Padre Island, and I refused to get in the water. My dad threw me over his shoulder and took me out to the third sandbar and said, now you can get out. You know, the whole way out there going, Dad, I'm going to get eaten, and it's your fault. You know, that was the whole way out there. But his point was, you know, before I got back in third sandbar, I was playing, wasn't thinking about the movie. But had had he let me do that, then I may never have swum again. But so isn't that just like, isn't that just like God that we as parents in our, in our limited vision can see down the road what exactly. our kids need to do today to, 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 you know, to be the person they need to be down the road. Yes. And, you know, and that's and, and I think there's what, God. <laughs> we, so as parents, we can't be caught up in the moment. Yeah. We have to recognize in the moment what's the lesson for the long term. That's we have to, we have to parent from wisdom. We have to parent from wisdom. You do and it's, eternity, right? Mm-hmm. And you and 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 you're <laughs> you're you're pointing him in that direction. And so you really have to have eyes to say, okay, here's an opportunity to teach, and even success. I mean, you have to be able to say. You need to thank God. You need to teach how to how to how to win humbly. How to mm-hmm. how to do that how to and so you're always i mean okay listen you can enjoy a victory or you can soak it i mean you don't have to always be teaching but you should be thinking about how can i do this and so in the moment we may just enjoy the moment or we may just sob in the moment but we need to kind of pack it away and 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 when you got a free time fishing or driving hey you remember that and and bring it up when it's not, and just give them a nugget. <laughs> you handled that well, or maybe you could have. I mean, that's the way you got a parent. You have to if you're gonna if you're gonna help them to be successful down the road. To know they have to know failure because they're gonna fail. They have to know how to handle success because they're gonna have some success. They have to know how to. I mean, there's so many things that you can teach them, but I think so many of us and it's very tempting to want to protect them and think that that's what a parent does. We're not really protecting them if you if you're do, I mean you're actually endangering them. I mean because one day you're not going to be there to protect them. Yep. And we know from experience if you, you just can't. I mean it's not you're not God. You you're not always you're not omnipresent, you're not all powerful. <laughs> you're not God. So you have to say okay here I am. This is an opportunity. What's the lesson? And then teach it. And then you have to also be thinking in terms of what show do I need to show them? What book do I need to read? What saint do they need to be looking at for that particular lesson? But I, th- I think, too, that that, that, sets, that also helps to frame their mindset into, in, into looking for those things in life. Right. You know, like, the, you know, when you're going through a hard time that sometimes, you know, when you've been able to walk through enough of those scenarios and come to the, you know, go through the pain of growth and come out on the other side with joy, not always, but a good amount of the time, you know, or find some joy in that suffering, something that you learned, then then I think they have that 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 mindset and and that framework that they, that they work from. Right. Know? And so, and so one of the things that I think we did, and we've mentioned on here before and, 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 you know, run it by your priest if you did it, but, but when they were younger to think of things that were hard and then even write them down. And we would even ask them, if we'd ask the priest and here we were able to listen, you don't have to do this, but they, they would allow, we wrote down, I'm offering Jesus this in the offertory. So they didn't have money. They, they had a, don't go do this without talking to your priest, okay? <laughs> but but the idea is the same, mm-hmm. is that we actively asked our kids, so that was a tough thing. Well, why don't you bring that to Mass with you and, and offer it? Mm-hmm. And then get them the sense of, okay, when that offering plate goes up to the altar and the bread is brought up there, that they begin to understand that that's, they are offering their sufferings together with Jesus's. I think that there are so many great ways to 
to mm-hmm. teach that mm-hmm. and it and, and in the church ways. and then just little bitty pitch a penny here and a penny there and you'd be surprised at what you end up with down the road but but again what it what it boils down to is to have that outward look looking what 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 can they learn from this that we in our wisdom know is good don't make excuses for them <laughs> you know if if it's their fault let it be their fault um if it's not their fault you know Sometimes we've said, "Hey, life's not fair. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't." Mm-hmm. So don't don't give them the sense that there's always going to be somebody sitting up there that's going to fix it for them. Because sometimes, well, and I think there's not, a yeah, I think there's a you know, obviously you know, again, we have older kids now, but um, you know, there have been some unfair situations that our absolutely. kids have been in, and we've been able to process process it with them and encourage them to go to their teacher, go to their you know, sponsor, go to, I mean, whatever the situation called for, whoever was in charge, um, and, and let them try to start advocating for themselves. That's, that's um, a it's whole such, other skill set. That's yeah. Important. It's such an important skill set in this, um, in this, in this day and age, you know, and, um, the, and the cool thing, not text it, not email it. <laughs> well, and the cool thing <laughs> is, face face. and I think I've seen, we've seen this with ours is that if you give them those opportunities, and there are enough successes in it. I, what I found is as they've grown older, there have been times when I've said, do you want me to help? You, you need me to help with this. And their response is, no, I'll handle it. You know, I, I, I can handle this. And that's where you want a 16-year-old. Uh, you know, we had a daughter today who had, who was has been been sick at home and and she was didn't want to miss school and she was going to school, but she wasn't ready for a test. And, and, and I was like, I mean, so what are you going to do? She said, well, I'm just going to go before school and tell the teacher, Hey, I don't feel well. And I am not prepared. And I'd really like you to give me another day so I could do it. You know, <laughs> that takes a lot of dadgum guts. I mean, to, to do that. And she said, I want, I said, do you need any help? Dad, I got it. You know, say a prayer that she's kind and merciful and she'll she won't say well no you got to take it um and to be honest we need to thank the teacher when we see her and tell her you know it's not because that's a grown-up thing to do when two adults come there are times when you know something happens you can go talk to your boss or to your coworker and say hey i mean this stuff is going on i know i'm supposed to have it done but is there any way you can give me another day or whatever that's that's real life. Mm-hmm. And again, how are they going to learn it if you're not encouraging them to learn it? Practice training. Training. It's training. I mean yes. it is. And yes. I and and I and but like I said, it's so neat to see you know, a 17-year-old, a junior in high school go, I'll handle this myself. You know, not Hey, can I, you know, or hey, can I, you know, will you write me a note or will you do me whatever? She's like, I'm just going to go tell her I'm not ready. (laughs) And it's because I'm sick and I'm tired. And, you know, and the cool thing was, is she said, the teacher said, life's too short. Go home. I mean, you know, go home tonight, study and come back tomorrow and take it whenever. Thank God for teachers that have like, you know, a Mm -hmm. a bit of, because she's a good girl. You know, and she was trying to handle it like an adult and she was treated like an adult. And, you know, that's what you want. Speaking of life's too short, I think another way to think about this, too, is um, and just bear with me on this. Um, in In a natural sense. The whole thing, life is a failure because it ends in death. Right. So if if there's nothing. So then in an odd way or in a un, un, non, not intuitive way, that's an odd uh, proof for there being something, something more because if you just keep it on this natural level, you live this whole life, you, you strive for all these things and you're going to get down to the end of it and there's not going to be anything left and unless you're an incredibly, incredibly famous or infamous person, nobody's going to remember you after a few generations. <laughs> right. 
And I think so. I think that's so. There's a- got to be something. There's got to be something more to life, and and God is is kind of in a, in a way saying the this whole thing is is set up that you you look beyond failure for something for something greater. Well, and so so I'm, I was looking up on here because I saw something I can't find it on a, a tweet but 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 exactly so an, an atheist man I'm not gonna speak for all atheists but I mean in many cases that's what it's, I mean this life I die it's over I mean there's nothing else beyond there's nothing anything so I need to look out for myself and need to do whatever I mean we it ends in faith. So there, some people, there. I mean, there are plenty out there who are not Christian who recognize the fact that, hey, this is a finite life. My existence is finite, and I need to look out for number one. You know, and that's you know, I, I need to gather all I can gather, experience all I can experience, do all I can do. We have to share a perspective that's different than that. That's saying that no, it isn't all and and i I was looking for this quote from vatican ii that i saw that talks about atheism is not something that just kind of sprung out of nowhere it is it is because atheists have run into christians who have not shared in their life actions or words Mm. the truth about what's going on so that they don't see an honest realization we should be with the cross is the crucifix is the center of our dadgum faith you got a dadgum can i get an amen but (laughs) (laughs) you you got you got you got that i mean death is at the center of what it means to be human and what it means to be catholic we don't need to paint a picture that doesn't so we should agree with them yes the question isn't are we or are we going to die? The question is what happens when we die. That's the question. And so you say we just fade off into nothingness, and I say we're going to live forever. We both can't be right. Somebody's wrong, you know. And anybody that's logical, I think even was it Pascal maybe that had the the wager, right? Pascal's wager. Yeah. Wager is, you know, if I'm going to bet, you know, if I just if I live as if I'm going to live forever, and the reality is, I'm just fade off into. I mean, I haven't lost. I haven't anything. lost anything. But if I'm wrong, and I've lived as if nothing's going to happen, and then I wake up on the other side, that's a long time <laughs> to be experienced that that. So even logically that's the case. That's not what we want. We want we want people to understand the faith. We want people to know that. But the reality is is we have to get down to one thing we know we're all going to share. I mean even the statement, you know, the only two things are sure death and taxes, right? Well, death is really the only thing that's for sure. We know we're going to die. So if that's the case, that is the the fulcrum i guess of like that's the that's the moment at which okay if we're all going to share in that moment because we can be rich we can be poor we can have lived healthy lives very productive lives or barely gotten by but the reality is everybody's the same in the moment that we die we're all equal <laughs> there's nobody who gets past that there's no money there's no position that gets you past that even god died that's the point we have to get to. So we can't go about life just saying, oh, we're joyful, we're joyful without having a crucifix up there that we point to. We agree with you. We're going to die. We agree with you. Bad things happen. The question is, is what does that mean for you and for me? Mm-hmm. That's the crux of what sharing the God. That's the beginning of sharing the gospel because everybody asks that question. What's going to happen when I die? They, I mean, if they're not, then they're not really thinking they're just living but cuz the reality is is that is true you're going to die <laughs> so anyway well <laughs> how about that you're going to die happy valentine's day <laughs>
<laughs> oh my goodness. No, I don't mean to be, I'm not, but I, but I, but I do think that sometimes we have to get down to brass tacks. With well, it's people. just like mother, it's just like, I mean, it's just like a mother Angelica talking about hell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about hell enough. <laughs> I mean, not, not, it's not to be negative. It's no. to be, well, let's get, I mean, but, the, but, but I think it's, you know, maybe more beautifully stated, it's an eternal question. You know, right. I mean, it's an internal, eternal question. Well, the, and so when you, you know, if you're living with the end in mind, <laughs> which I think is what hopefully we are doing because we all want to get our spouse and our kids to heaven, then what, it, you know, we shouldn't be waiting till the end. <laughs> right. Because you don't know when the end is. Not so. not talking about hell and the the consequences of how you live on this earth is the equivalent to never telling your children that something, you know, something bad's going to happen to them, that there's bad people out there, that there's consequences for uh, choices, when, mean, when you fall down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, w- it makes no sense to not address the elephant in the room. <laughs> I mean, so, but that's the beginning of it. And that's where all dialogue starts is that there are human questions that every human ultimately has to ask. They're going to ask. So anyway, that's for another story. <laughs> all right. But that's let your kids right. fail. Yes. Don't be afraid to do that. And you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Uh, how yeah. about a, how about a verse to, to end our conversation uh, here? Yeah. We're going to go um, with Hebrews 12, seven. And I believe uh, Thaddeus kind of, broached this on perseverance. Perseverance is part of your training. God is treating you as his sons. Has there ever been any son whose father did not train him? And I think that's uh, kind of what we've been talking about in a nutshell here in Hebrews twelve seven is that we're responsible for training our kids and helping them to helping them to success and to failure. Remember only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. God bless. Pray for us. We're praying for you. From the cross to the grave in heaven. From the cross to the grave.